Welcome, welcome. Today we are here with Patricia Lohan, who is actually a feng shui and manifestation expert. And I am filled with enthusiasm. I'm recording this intro right after our interview. And I can tell you that I am so jazzed. I am going to spend this weekend looking at the energetics of my living space uh, you are going to be so inspired after this episode. Patricia walks us through clearing and cleansing the energetics in our living space, how to detect where we have some clutter, we have some old energy, what that means, and then how to use your living space as an actual vision board for what you want to create in your life. Who's excited? I am. See you in the episode. Hello and welcome to the Sacred Remembering Podcast, the place for modern women who are waking up to the truth of who they are. I'm your host, Sarah Poet. Women are healing from outdated paradigms and we are rising. And we're not doing it by fighting or further depleting ourselves anymore. We are doing it by remembering who we are and standing in that unified truth. Here, we remember together through stories, tools, and curiosity. And in doing so, we bring forward the place of women in our modern world. Visit sarahpoet.com today for tools for your feminine, masculine awakening journey and to schedule mentorships and couples coaching with me directly. Now, let's begin. Hello, welcome everyone. It's Sarah Poet. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sacred Remembering Podcast. It is so good to be here with you and it is such a fun episode today. I know you're going to find this really refreshing and I know that you're going to go into your living spaces after this and make some changes like I did after this interview. Um, I didn't know how much I was going to love this this conversation until it happened um, and I realized I needed I needed this information just like I think we all do. So speaking of creating what we want in our lives, because we're going to be talking a lot about that today in this interview, I also wanted to tell you about an offering that is upcoming called Heartland. And I did offer Heartland in 2021. You may remember this. I did some Heartland podcast episodes I think back in the sixties and seventies <laughs> in the, um, in the, in the podcast lineup, um, 67, 70, like those numbers, I think are heartland episodes. You can go back and listen to those. It was this teaching that was really given to me at such a special time in my life connected to a piece of land. Um, and I think I actually talk about that land and some of the, the, um, Hmm history of my journey in this podcast episode, actually, because I, I needed to move living spaces in conjunction with this. But when I needed to move living spaces, actually, I felt a really, really big sense of depletion. Like as a woman, um, like trying to get it right in love, in money, in business. And it was like 
something was playing against me. And I will say that something is playing against us, which is this thing called uh, patriarchy, but then some of the darkness that that comes with that, right? And it's important to acknowledge that. It's important to not like wallow in that. It's important to acknowledge it because what happens is we can work and work and work and work super, super, super hard and put so much of our energy into what we want to create, into the businesses that we want to create, into the love relationships that we want to create. And it's like, why, you know, you might have this feeling of like, why aren't I winning? Even though I'm giving all of this feminine energy that I have, all of this woman energy that I have. And so the heartland is really a set of teachings about moving from that sense of depletion that why isn't it working depletion or why does it feel like things are out to get me or why don't the men show up for me? Why is the money so hard to find? Those kinds of feelings that are so prevalent, and I really want to normalize that they're so prevalent. And Heartland is a teaching about moving into replenishment. So also, if you've been listening to the podcast over the last year, I was just saying, no more depletion, show me replenishment. And really, Heartland, as I look at what I channeled, you know, in 2020 and early 2021, all of these Heartland teachings and meditations really are a recipe for replenishment. And I would say that we're we're going into the fifth dimension with this set of teachings. Now, I just started to say this. I usually don't talk like that. <laughs> uh, or maybe I do. You, you all would know better. You listen to my voice, you sweet people. Um, but the Heartland is not quite... Um, you know, 3D. It's not 3D because if we look around in the 3D, we would see things the way they are. And the heartland is really about what we want to create. Okay. And I love this episode because we talk about energy in this episode, but we want to create replenishment and the replenishment of feminine energy. So I talk a lot about this in my different teachings and structure and flow, et cetera, et cetera. You, you don't just have a finite amount of energy as a woman. Like we have this to-do list and we have 24 hours and we try to bust out as much as we can. And then we're tired at the end of the day. And I want us to question that way of living. I want us to be in the energetics of replenishment and actually have more energy, more resources. Um, that doesn't mean accumulating materialistic things, but it means um, that we are more resourced financially, you know, in our living situations, in our love lives, like whatever that replenishment looks like for you and whatever your heart desires, because that really is a core piece of it. We're looking at the heart's desire, not just the gimmies, you know, that, oh my gosh, I'm remembering this like little Berenstain Bears book that I had when I was little. And then I read it to my son as well when he was little, but it was like the Berenstain Bears get the gimmies and, you know, they go to this candy store and they're like, gimme, 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 gimme. And I don't want us to live like that as women. Okay. I really don't. It's greedy. It's old story. And we're better than that. Okay. And so I'm starting to speak about these opinions a little bit more these days because 
there are so many teachings that just tell you, like, you can want what you want. You can um, want the big purse. You can want the brand names. You can want this. You can want that. I'm sorry. We did not come to this planet to be consumers. We came to this planet to be women creators here to birth a new earth. That's why I'm here. I imagine that's um, resonant with a lot of the listeners here today. So, my friends, that is what Heartland is about, all of this replenishment and um, and in the fifth dimension. So we get a little imaginative. I'm going to give you meditations and we go to this place called the Heartland and you will have your own version of the Heartland and you will visit this place that is in your heart and it's in conjunction with the earth and with the environment and we evoke um, you know, just like sustainable practices with our energy, with the earth. It's really beautiful. It's really beautiful. So we're using earth wisdom. We're using our um, imaginations to create what we want, uh, going into the quantum. But if you want to get out of depletion and you don't know how, Heartland is an eight-week activation sequence. I'm going to do live teachings every week. If you can't make the lives, yes, I will give you the recordings. Um, You will have an entire library of the resources that I built last year, in addition to the ones that I will build this year. But those original meditations, oh my gosh, they've got magic in them. I've been re-listening to them. Um, So what I was channeling on this sacred, sacred piece of land um, that I had been living on (laughs) is so potent, I'm telling you. Um, And so I'll be sharing those with you and you get access to that entire Heartland library. It's yours for life. So you can continue to listen to these meditations and change the way your brain is set to maybe the fear, the scarcity, the scanning the environment for what's the next thing that's going to take from me. Um, You know, we really, really want to heal those depletions um, imprints that are running in so many beautiful women and women who are really here, you, you are here to bring your greatest gifts to the world. And so we want you to be in the energetic of replenishment, of plenty, of sustenance, um, and really just, yeah, have that be for all of your resources, all of your resources, financial, your life force energy, um, all of it. Okay. So here's to replenishment. You can join the heartland at sarahpoet.com backslash heartland. And there are different payment options there. Um, and we begin March 24th, 2022, um, the Thursday, right at the equinox here. So I hope to see you there. Thank you for listening. And Next week, March 10th, the next podcast episode that comes out is on my birthday. And I think I'll probably do a Heartland episode um, for the the birthday, the day of the soul searcher. I was born on the day of the soul searcher. So um, how, how apt. And um, I'll bring you a special episode next week. So much love. Hope to see you in Heartland, and thanks for listening. Hello, Patricia. Welcome to the Sacred Remembering Podcast. It's so good to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. 
Yes. You and your team reached out to me to be a guest on the podcast. I'm so glad. So we're just now meeting for the first time. Mm -hmm. And today we're going to talk about Feng Shui. And I can't wait because I feel like it's something I kind of learned about in my 20s. And, you know, I'm like, I don't know if I'm practicing it or not. So you are definitely going to open a lot of minds here today on the podcast. Mm -hmm. I'm excited. Um, I'm going to read your bio for everyone and then we'll hop right in. You are a feng shui expert, manifesting magnet, alchemist, healer, and real life Irish Celtic shaman. And some people call you the Mary Poppins of prosperity. I want to hear more about that. Mm -hmm. Patricia is the creator of the powerhouse feng shui and the author of The Happy Home, a guide to creating a happy, healthy, wealthy life. She helps entrepreneurs make their homes and businesses magnetic to money, luck, and blessings. She shows you what they don't teach you in business school, what lies between the lines, your top secret tool for success. She has helped thousands of people across the globe embrace Feng Shui and creates lasting changes in their businesses, homes, and throughout their lives. Patricia has seen firsthand the power of the mind, the surroundings, and the inner healing, the clearing and aligning. When you when you align everything together so it works holistically, the magic happens. She loves entrepreneurship. With 15 years of experience running and growing three successful startups of her own. And Patricia has been featured in media around the world, including the New York Times, CNN, Fox, Forbes, the New York Post, She Knows, Essence, Mind Body Green, USA Today, and Elephant Journal. Awesome. Welcome. I'm so glad to have you here. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. So just open us up to Feng Shui, please. And, um, you know, how do you define that? How do you use it? Like, just introduce us, please. Yeah, sure. Well, I just want to start off with the um, name of your podcast and um, really anchor in that Feng Shui is a 5,000-year-old practice. And it is an opportunity for a very sacred remembering of an alchemical practice that supports people flourish in their lives. Um, I love the description of feng shui to be acupuncture for your home. Mm. Um, And I know that when we're on this journey of growth and personal development, that we spend a lot of time focusing on ourselves, our past, our inner world, connecting to spirit. And that is all such beautiful, powerful work. But what I found and how I discovered on my own journey was the one space that was often and is often overlooked is our actual physical environment that we spend so much of our time in every single day and how it can literally affect every part of our life. Yeah. So give us some examples. Like what are some common things that you see people have going on in their homes that are blockages in other areas of their lives, like their financial prosperity? So the first thing I'm kind of going to rewind a little bit back on that is that um, um, 
feng shui is like it's like kind of like an iceberg and essentially at the tip of the iceberg is what we see aesthetically in a home and below that is actually what feng shui is really working on it's working on ah. the hidden energy so you know for a lot of people they may have heard about feng shui for moving furniture um you know you have to declutter and clear everything out um hanging kind of weird frogs or things around your house um <laughs> and i totally don't subscribe to any of that and most of the time you may have heard something that that's bad feng shui and then it's like oh well no my house is bad feng shui because of this one thing and you know our home is and has so many opportunities for us to um, improve the energetics of our home. But what we confuse feng shui and um, kind of the visible is with the invisible. So what I can and what I will discuss and cover here today is more about the visible. Um, but the one part I just don't want to make sure that you don't overlook is that the hidden energy is often what's really creating and um supporting your life or sabotaging it in many different areas um so when when it comes to feng shui um with the practice the most important thing and what i would say to people when i see homes that are not um you know and and how do we know a house is bad feng shui basically the you look at the person's life (laughs) um because your home is a mirror Mm. of you Mm. it's Mm. it's it's nothing to do with the actual um typically the setup of the house it's what is going on in your life you know what's happening in your finances what's happening in your relationships what's going on with your career um maybe you're working really hard you're doing all the inner work you're creating the vision boards but things are just not moving if there's a sense of stuckness um Typically, when people find me, I'm like, well, it's your house. <laughs> and and mm. it may feel like, oh, this sweeping thing. Well, how could it be my house? Well, you know, energetically, um, you know, you stand out and you go to your favorite place in nature and you stand out by a river or by the ocean or in the forest. You feel good. Like you start to come back into balance. You feel the connection with nature and harmony and all of that. Um, and before we came um, recording, you talked about the idea of um, working with the masculine and feminine energies and within. And, and essentially, that's what we do with feng shui. It comes from the five, five element theory um, and is very closely related to the energy of the Tao, which is all about balancing the masculine and feminine energies and bringing harmony into the home. So houses traditionally you know when they first when you know people first started creating homes and you know they looked at nature and they really took a lot of time to look around the home where it was being built was it going to be supported by a mountain you know, or you wouldn't put it at the top of a mountain because it's going to get really exposed or on a flood plain because the water could come um whereas now in more common day houses apartments are just kind of popped up and there hasn't be much real thought given to you know is this going to be a supportive building Um, and the nice thing about feng shui is that everything is we can balance everything and remedy everything it's not about moving house and you're not doomed if something is deemed to be in the wrong place there's always there's always little workarounds for it 
but it is a sacred practice of rebalancing because our homes haven't been balanced inherently when they were built. So um, that's really, I think, really important, especially for your listeners, because if you're in this world of wanting to bring balance and harmony and working with those masculine, feminine energies and connecting with spirit and growth, this is this is a very potent practice, which I um, believe is very much like the missing piece in the manifesting jigsaw puzzle. Oh my gosh. Okay. Every time I record a podcast, I'm like, this is great. I get to meet Patricia. I get to like talk about these different things that are really fun. And then there's like, oh my gosh, I needed to hear this. (laughs) I'm having one of those moments. Um, And I'm really hoping that my listeners get as much out of the Sacred Remembering podcast as I do, because it's always alchemy for me personally. So I'm just Mm -hmm. naming that. So, okay. I have to say this. So, um, a year ago in January, mm-hmm. I moved off of this really sacred piece of land. And it was like because of a breakup. So mm-hmm. I was living in someone else's house and then I had to leave. But I had done so much energy work with that land, with the home. I mean, I really came in and like <laughs> it was mm-hmm. like, I put in a garden. I mean, I, the, the place like came alive again. Right. Yeah. And then I needed to leave it and I needed to kind of go quickly. And I drove past this like apartment complex and I live in these beautiful quartz filled mountains in the Eastern United States in um, the Blue Ridge mountain. Oh. And <laughs> we have a puppy and, um, So I've moved, like I've lived here for 15 years and I've driven past these big apartment complexes for years and I had judgments about them. And then this time I was like driving by them and I was like, that looks easy. And we toured one and the square footage was like bigger than the home that I had owned and um, they were nice. And so I ended up moving into this apartment and I'm in the middle floor. So there's people above me and people below me. And then immediately after I move in, construction starts just behind here. So I had a little view of the mountains from my back porch and um, I don't now (laughs) because essentially they put up another complex like outside of my bedroom window. And then beyond that, they put up another complex and being someone who really works with the land, I felt out of integrity a little bit for even living in the, this place to begin with. But I was just like, as a woman and a mother and an entrepreneur, I was like, it's easy. It's good. I need to do this for a while. And then like watching the way these apartment buildings have gone up and loving the land like I do, I'm just like, this is so in my judgment, like out of integrity. And I've been really wondering like in my heart and kind of being with the land about it, what to do or what's mine to do because it does feel so commercial and my own connection with these beautiful mountains has felt a little stunted um, since living here. So I don't know. What would you say to that? First of all, um, you know, when new buildings are built up around um, you, uh, puppies, 
Yeah. And um, when new buildings are built up and around you, it can definitely it disturbs the energetics of the land for sure. Sure, it could create geopathic stress, and then for you, especially if you have a deep connection with it, it can definitely create a little bit of like oh. Um, and what I would say to you first of all is like you could do some offerings yourself to the land just to be like I know that probably these apartments nobody asked for permission to put them up, <laughs> or like didn't yeah. ask for permission from the land, um, and just to do a little bit of like even just remembering of the beauty of it and be like okay well yeah um and then you know that you know that you're may not be in that place forever and it's like making a commitment that when you are there that you'll just give thanks for it like there's a huge um symbiotic relationship with like you just being appreciative of where you are right now and like looking at and be like okay well these are going to create homes for people and create roofs and you know so it's it's a dance with it yeah, for sure yeah and doing some offerings will be great for the land and just saying like it already knows that you love it as in you've already been doing you've built a garden and even if it's not where you are now it's still like you've done that and you've been already connecting with the land so a little bit more of that would be definitely amazing um and in terms of like construction um even just a small mirror i know you're saying it's not as bad now but having a small mirror on your wall just facing towards the the construction so it kind of pushes it away a little bit um can be really like just like reflecting it away would be definitely useful um and even if you had a little balcony um i'm not sure if you have a balcony or a place that you could put like a little practice but it'd have to be outside between you and the building so it's just like i know all this this is happening and all of this upheaval the energetics of the land and it can definitely impact the people living in the place where there's construction beside. But sometimes you have to go, you, you, you definitely felt drawn to that place. So I do believe that we are drawn to a building or a home for certain lessons and certain journeys yes. <laughs> to bring us on, like yes. for sure, you know, yeah. and um, building a positive relationship with where you are right now and, you know, sending love to the new ones that are being built and saying, look, I know this is how it's working right now. And all you can do is a commitment to look tending to your own space and sending love to them. And, and, and as opposed to being like, oh, those buildings, it's like, well, well, they are homes for people. And mm-hmm. I know my view is gone, but I can still go and see the mountain. It hasn't gone. Um, it's yeah. definitely something but there's certainly a thing with um people will walk into a home and say I know this I knew this is the house for me but then they'll their their life will like kind of maybe start to fall apart and that's kind of they find (laughs) me they find me and or something crazy is starting to happen and they're like oh me and my partner get on better outside the house than we do inside or the kids are always fighting or you know since we moved in here so um that can be part of the process that there's um there's like an unconscious like kind of karmic bond between buildings when you kind of get your yes. place and then what can happen is that you start to raise your energy so you're doing raising your own yeah. vibration you're meditating mm-hmm. you're praying you're space clearing you know doing all the things but your house the vibration of that doesn't change and that's that's what um that then creates uh, this kind of dissonance between um you and your environment um and that's kind of where i come in i'm like well actually let's just balance the home and then that will then support you um with all of the manifesting because i know we we wanted to touch on the manifesting but that then creates yeah. this fertile environment just like the garden you planted like if you create a garden we have to make sure the soil is fertile and supportive Um, and if it's not like the plants are just not going to grow they're not going to thrive and it needs care Um, so what I see oftentimes is is almost like we've 
people will come in, find a new place. Um, and it can be almost like the, if, if we're not conscious of what we're bringing into our home, our home then is basically filled with our unconscious. And yeah, some absolutely. Of the are just not supportive of us. You know, I just was um, talking about a client recently whose husband had all these like weapons on the wall um, and she, <laughs> she knew that they were not good. Um, and she didn't want to say anything to him because, you know, these were precious to him. So I just said, she said, what will I do? Like real frantic with me. Like, what will I do? I know this is really bad feng shui. And I just said, look, work with, you know, you've got your report, you've got your feng shui, do what I tell you to do. Don't say anything about the weapons. Just you keep doing your thing. Keep changing the energy and let's see what happens. Um, And she sent a message a few weeks later. She's like, I cannot believe it. He's taken them all down and put them away. Oh, wow. Okay. So what did she she do? What did she do? So essentially, well, when we work with people, we give them their um, kind of acupuncture points for their house, for what's possible for their house. So they would have put the remedies in like, so it's working with the five elements. So she may have put some fire elements, literally not fire, but like something red or a plant or earth um, into specific areas. Mm. Um, but what was so beautiful was like, she didn't even have to ask him. It happened. Yes. And what he replaced mm. it with was even more fun. He replaced it with pictures like he's um, a mechanic and he loves cars with, with his passion of like cars. Um, so mm. it's like instead of and now it's like his passion is on the, on the walls and she's just like he's getting more enthusiastic and more supportive with her with the feng shui. And now she's got a new job. He got a new job, you know, but it's like. The, the unconscious put the weapons up as we changed yes. the consciousness of the house, the weapons came down and it wasn't like, you have to take the things down. I said, don't say anything. Just wait, just wait and see what unfolds. As you change, this place will start to change. And that's what Not we long. see with our, with the clients. And it's the same with, um, like I love Marie Kondo. I think she's just done such an amazing job in bringing people's awareness to what the stuff that we're holding on to in our homes. Yeah. Um, but what, and, and that is just so valuable. Like really, it is powerful to just look at the quantity of stuff that we're holding on to and do we use it and does it spark joy? But what um, a lot of the time when I would say we watching the show or be reading, I'd be like, oh, well, if the energy is not right though, like if you, you can clear all the clutter out, but if the energy is not right, it's just going to come back, you know? So it's like, I love that. Mm-hmm. In it, you mm-hmm. know, so it's, it's what we really want to do is shift the energy and then everything else will change as well with it. I love that. Yeah. I talked to my son about this because my mother was like probably a hoarder by definition, but just like really sentimentally held on to things. And um, in my twenties, I kind of just like did that because it was habitual and um over the years, I realized how much it was holding me down to like carry all around all of these old things. And um, so I don't actually have anything. I think this is true, but my intention is to not really have anything that I don't like, or that doesn't energetically flow or, you know, spark joy or cleanliness. And, um, and even, you know, even if it's like nice things, like I have these two paintings in my living room that I've just been like, oh, those are old energy now. And um, there's nothing wrong with the paintings. And I actually still love them, but it's just 
not exactly aligned anymore. And so I'm kind of like opening to the next painting, like the next art piece that's coming into my life. Cause I feel the desire for that. But I also had to kind of chuckle about what you were saying about um, like things lead us to live in certain places for reasons that we don't know. And I was definitely aware of that and moving in here, but I also have a child and he was turning 12 when we moved in here and he just turned 13. And when we stood in this apartment and we had toured other apartments, but it was specifically this one, he said, this is the one. And, you know, he's always been like a little channel, like a little radar Mm -hmm. energetically. And so I was like, oh, this is the one. I mean, this is literally why I chose this apartment. And then interestingly, I'm going to have to pay attention to this because after he turned 13 a few weeks ago, he came out and said, where is a tape measure? I want to rearrange my room and I need some wow. bins because I'm finished with, he's like finished with child. <laughs> he's mm-hmm. telling yes. me, it's like, you know, mom, these things need to go away. And I was very surprised because he has never taken initiative to get rid of a thing in his life. <laughs> <laughs> and now he is packing up all of these things from his childhood. And he has made a map of his floor space, like of his floor space in his room. And he has measured everything and he has rearranged his room. And so this weekend, this is our job. Like he knows how he wants it to flow in there. And it's very interesting because now that he's 13, I'm like, what's this young man doing? You know, I, mm-hmm. I'm letting him do it rather than being like, Oh, don't you want to keep this? Or, Oh, I don't yeah. think the bed will look good there. I mean, I'm just like, what do you see? <laughs> really, like, what is he intuiting? You know, he just has I love it. This. I love this. That what needs to happen. Yeah. And you know what? He's like, I, he sounds like a little feng shui master in the making. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, there's, there's just so much that you've like talked about here. I'm like, oh my God. Um, so um, even just around the feng shui and the artwork, like um, really for me, you know, you can use your home like a vision board for your future. And the fact that you've looked at the pieces of art and you're like, Mm, they're my past that's not really what you know it's so huge because sometimes we'll just put the picture up and be like that's there now and that's it and we walk past it and we don't realize that it is actually imprinting and reminding us and connecting with us and like affecting our subconscious every single day so we are Mm re-manifesting recreating it over and over and I have a super Mm -hmm. funny funny pick funny um story about this. So in our master bedroom, we have a um, wall at the end of our bed and I was redecorating it and I've got a new painting to go up on the wall. And with the new painting, I picked this beautiful painting. Um, it's this couple together. It reminded me and my, of my myself and my husband's first date and put it up, never thought about it again. You know, it's like, that's the painting. It's lovely. <laughs> Sorry. 
So this beautiful painting, we were going to sleep every night, seeing it, sleeping all night, get up in the morning. And a friend of mine came to visit a few weeks later and I was showing her my new renovated bedroom. And she goes, oh, look at that painting. And she goes, and there's Marley. And I was like, oh, wow. So we put the painting up and I'm not joking. A few days later, I ended up getting a dog identical to the dog in the picture. Oh, interesting. Identical. And this like story, like that, that one, then I kind of was like, oh man, this is so crazy because that's what I started seeing with my clients was that I would go into their homes and look at the art and be like, look at this. So for example, one client on our wall had a picture of a couple embracing. And in the back, there was, it was kind of like a, a bit abstract. And there was like another person in the background. And she, I was like, look at this. And she's like, oh, I said, there's three people in this. She says, it's a couple. She goes, every relationship that she's had has oh, wow. this other person, other person around, ex-wife, ex-lover, ex-whatever was always floating in, was always in the picture. And I'm like, you've basically been sleeping with that on your wall. Wow. And it basically started <laughs> to spiral. Like I honestly, I have like millions of crazy examples of this, but one other one that was like nuts was this client of mine had a picture in her bedroom. And for years, like years and years, she'd been saying to her friends, like, do I have mistress written across my forehead or something? Like what is going on? Why do married men always approach me? Mm. So she started doing the feng shui process with us, doing her remedies and going through the art and what is on her wall in her bedroom. A picture of a woman on her own, which is not ideal, but it is a picture by Van Gogh of his mistress. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the subconscious is like doing this. It's just like absolutely crazy. So then I'm like, okay, well, how do we flip the switch on this and be like, well, what is it that you want? What do you want to call in? You know, I'm just sitting in our kitchen living room right now. I have a big painting of New York, big picture of New York with adventure on it. And like freedom and adventure are myself, my husband's like core values. We love dancing. We've got these little monks because we do meditation. Like it's kind of like every single thing on our walls, like represents what we're doing, where we're going. Does it feel good? Um, Does it spark joy um, as well? But it's that like, what, where are we going towards? Like, so it's not this kind of, as you had talked about, about the hoarding and holding on to the past. Like, is it going to be just a shrine to your past or like literally make it like a vision board and a temple to your future, a celebration of like where you're going to? I love that. I love that. I have, since we're talking about paintings, I have this painting. It's a print actually um, of like Jesus and Mary Magdalene. And that's been a big part of my walk is like their reunion. You know, I had to remember in my soul that like those two were in sacred union. And it's this painting of him like holding her face in his hands and she's looking up at him. And I got this painting or this print of this painting, like a few years ago, maybe three years ago now. Mm -hmm. And I was living in this little place before I moved to the man's house. I was living in this little place by a river. It was such sacred land. And it was like a little temple um, after I had sold my house. And I let go of my house for what it represented, but I won't 
even go into that right now. (laughs) And so I was living in this little place and just like really having this soul experience and this painting came to me. And when I moved into this man's house, I just like kind of felt into it and asked the painting, like, does this go on the wall? And it was like, oh, front and center, this goes on the wall. So it was like uh, by the bedroom. And then I really was like, you know, the, the, it's just a print, like the frame's not all that nice. Like, you know, I was like, I don't think I have to hang this back up in this apartment when I moved again. And I tuned into the painting and the painting was like, you bet you do. Like it is still your medicine, put it on the wall. And so it hangs right beside my bed. And like, I still know that it is, it is medicine. Like it is meant to be there. Um, and, but, uh, And so I love that, like, you know, sacred union, the soulmate. And I know that um, you did call in your soulmate through this. And so I think I'm like weaving in that direction, you know, maybe this little prince from Etsy from years ago is like going to, you know, bring the, the soulmate, but I really do hold the energy of my bedroom to be like a temple space. And um, so I would love to hear you talk about that, like vision boarding, because, you know, people do that with like magazine cutouts and things like this, but this concept that you're doing that in your home, I think is probably new to a lot of people. So if you would kind of take us further into that, please. And then like, yeah, tell us about the manifestation of your soulmate too. (laughs) So um, when it comes to the vision boarding um, with your home, like, the first thing is just that rec- recognition that like absolutely everything has a frequency and an energy. So like you can do it, not, it doesn't have to be even with images, but it could be with books, you know? Um, I just remember one of my clients and um, we rejigged her office. Um, and when we re- when we looked at her office, all the books that she had in it were like cookery books. And she's, she was like a Tony Robbins coach. So I was like, mm, like, where's the Tony books? <laughs> where's the personal development books? Um, and she's like, oh yeah, it was all books from her past career as a, um, ah. as a chef, according to mm-hmm. the chef. And I'm like, okay, well, that's the other. That's your past. So let's get rid of those and bring in the books that relate to your business, to work, to what you're working with. So that shifted the energy so quickly. So reviewing, like even just your books, like what are the books that you have on your shelves? Are you going to read them again? Are they connected to what you are doing, what you want to be doing? Is there ones, you know, connected to your old careers or paths that you're no longer leading? Like let them go. So and when, when you're letting go of things, um, it's like, thank you so much for being part of my life. I'm letting you go, but I'm also replacing it with whatever you're putting in place of it. Mm-hmm. And then just moving around your space, like you had talked about the two pieces in your li- living room, I think, with that you mm-hmm. know they're going to let go. I would be, my first thing to, would be like, take them off the walls. Like Mm -hmm. if you know that you want to change them, like take them off the walls first and then like, then you have the space for it because that change won't happen until you've actually kind of shifted something. So I would certainly recommend like clearing the things that you know out and have the blank. I'd prefer to have like the blank canvas and wait for the new thing Mm. to come. Um, I'm, I've actually just done the exact same thing with a piece of furniture in our house. I was like, I know it just has to go before the new piece comes in. Mm. So I was like, I'm just clear, clear it out. And even I have a piano for sale at the moment um, because no one in our house plays piano. And this was something yeah. that I was like, why are we holding on to this piano? And it's yeah. it's kind of like asking 
a deeper question of like, oh, there's the piano. You just like walk by it every single day. It's sitting in a corner. It looks good. And, you know, Ken and I just laughed about it because we're like, well, from an ego perspective, like, oh, look at us. We have a lovely piano in our house. Nobody plays it. (laughs) Like nobody plays it. It is not practical. This piano could be in someone else's home where people are actually using it. So I was like, okay, that's got to go. And I have, um, but I I, I said to him the other day, I was like, well, there's things on it. I need to take them off so that it's actually free and easy to move. So it's a little bit of that. First of all, it's just kind of reviewing. Um, And the practice that I love is um, just kind of using fresh eyes. So it's like, imagine that you've like never been in the house before and just like look at each piece like, oh, this painting of a single woman on her own that looks really miserable. Like, and I always bring these back to client ones where like this woman had one in her, in her, in her hallway. And this she painted and the one they picked the woman looked really miserable, like really unhappy and miserable. And I was like, where did you get this? Like, and what do you feel about it? Like, what's your feelings about it? She goes, My brother gave it to me. And I was like, okay. And I was oh. like, Do you like it? <laughs> uh, first of all, I was like, mm, yeah. that's not a great sign. Um, and then I was like, I was like, Do you like it? She goes, No, I hate it. And I was like, Oh my God, like, seriously, we don't Why? you know. Yeah. I, you know, what are you holding on to it for? So right. let go of anything that has that kind of weird, like little story or sensation about, it, and then start to get, make, have fun, you know? So for example, um, in a living room, dining room, like in feng shui, every area of your home represents a different part of your life. Definitely way more kind of complex. That's way more complex to kind of get into on a podcast. But I like to always focus on what the room is being used for. So in like a dining room, living room area, um, I had, I was down at a friend's house. I live, we live our, we spend our summers in Greece. So I'm down at our friend's house in Greece and um, this is their, their summer home. Um, and I'm looking at the wall and he told me about this painting that he had commissioned. Um, and it's, it's a kind of a, a replica of the um, boat party by Renoir. And it's huge. Take, they've a huge, beautiful, beautiful house. It's their living room um, kitchen area. This painting takes a huge part up of the space and it looks amazing. It fits in perfect. And um, I just kind of looked and I was like, oh, this is so amazing. It's called the boat party. It's all people socializing. The only time we're ever at that house is because there's a party. And mm-hmm. the only other ever time we spend time with them is on their boat. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this boat, this picture basically embodies the energy of this room and this house. And it takes yeah. a huge part of it. And I was like, oh man, this is like, it's the party house. Like, and they have this huge picture of a boat party. And um, so like, think about your living room, just that living space where you come together. Like, what do you want more of in that? Like, so I, I wouldn't have you know, a, a big Buddha in there, unless you're like, okay, well, this is going to be my little Zen temple. You know, my, I'm going to have, this is my sanctuary and um, have your Buddha in there. Um, same goes for the, like the, the, the bedroom. I, I know. And I was like, well, you have like your picture of, um, and it was like, you're talking about the sacred um, relationship with Jesus and Mary. And I was like, yeah. And, uh, and I was like, well, yes, like not, I personally am not a fan of spiritual pictures in the bedroom. Um, mm. And that's more because like, we don't want to it's like a kind of a dance of like disrespect as in like, do you want them watching you when you're in bed? <laughs> your loved one, you know? Um, and the same goes for like family members in your bedroom. Like, it's kind of like, oh, like when mm. you think about it, you're like, mm. like I've, I've um, worked with clients and I remember one lady was just like, oh, I went to my um, boyfriend's house and he has a picture of his mother and father, like staring down at you in bed. 
oh, no. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh no. yeah, so that doesn't make sense. Yeah, <laughs> it does. but the same with like spiritual spiritual images. We're not a big fan. So if they're if it's to the side, I'd kind of be like, okay. Um, but more so, just being mindful. So the thing is, you can have fun with this. Like it's not yeah. a like, oh my god, Patricia said it has to be like this. I'm like, what feels good for you? You know, yeah. in my office, I have some prints and things that really are affirming for me as well one is like stay weird I just love it it makes me just being like yeah just be me <laughs> I have this beautiful print friends of mine got got for me and they basically were like we couldn't leave the shop because it kept saying this is for Patricia and it's a beautiful print of a unicorn and they were like it's you mm. and I was like mm. oh thanks so I have that and like that just reminds me of this amazing friendship and just so much goodness in that and then there's another print that says trust the process so so it's like what feels good for you what's affirming for you in the space that you're in um the bedroom is all about rest and romance and relaxation so um when i got back into feng shui so i got my first books about feng shui when i was 15 and i was a bit like when you're talking about your son i was like oh my god that was totally me when i was 15 and um, drawing <laughs> out my bedroom and rejigging and we just moved into a new house and i kind of come across this feng shui thing and my parents were like, what are you at? And so I was very, very <laughs> like particular about my room and everything. So this is, that's why I was like, he's like a feng shui master in the making. Cause that was so yeah. me. <laughs> and well, I don't know if you like, saw the clutter. I don't know if you would say that, but like maybe he's on his way and that would be amazing. <laughs> well, the, the clutter thing is, you know, for me, I'm like, if it's just like the clothes from like the last few days, that's okay. Like that's not me. The biggest for me, I'm just like, that's called life, you know? As opposed mm-hmm. to like the cupboard that's been stuffed with stuff for like six months and hasn't yeah. been touched. That's yeah. where I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm more concerned about that as opposed to like just a room that's a bit messy. Um, but when it came to love, so I had gone on a big spiritual awakening journey to India and I'd been there for over a year and mm-hmm. moved, to, came back to Ireland and moved to a new city. Um, and I got a new apartment and I was like, I walked in and I was like, I'm not leaving here. And I d- totally declared this to my flatmate. Um, I'm not leaving here until I'm moving in with my future husband to our home. Okay. That's big. Yeah. Okay. And she absolutely roared laughing. Like she kind of fell around the place laughing, you know, with like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was kind of like, just watch me. Like I was really deadly serious. So, um, and I joke when I think about that real decision of just like, I'm not moving. Um, and like, I'm sitting in our house, like literally I moved here and this is, Ken had built this house. So, and um, mm. that was totally what happened. But I really consciously set my bedroom up. And, you know, when the student's ready, the teacher appears. Um, at the same time, I'd gone back to my hometown, Galway, I found the feng shui books can you believe this that I Mm. had when I was 15 um, Mm. at home and my parents um, and they moved out so many times I was like how have these books stayed like still around Mm. so found the books and then I was like I'm gonna feng shui this bedroom for love so I did Mm. things and just on a like the track record and this is another thing with when you look at homes like the track record for um a person calling in love in this apartment was pretty bad. My sister had lived there for nine mm. years previously in the same bedroom and had been single for the whole time. Wow. So, you know, it was not like this is the place where everyone meets her 
husband or yes. partner. Um, so when I walked into that room, I was like, this has to change. Like, this is not going to be welcoming for love because I knew it hadn't been. So I moved the bed out um, to the middle of the room. It was kind of squashed up against the wall. So it was like pushing love away. There was no space for the guy to get in the bed. You know, it's like, where is he going to uh, go? Mm-hmm. How's he going to get in? So I pulled the bed out. Um, I got two nice bedside tables. Uh, and then you're like thinking, mm. you have to start thinking in twos, thinking consciously about like, if there's another person in this room with me, is there space for them? Is there space for me? Mm. Is there space for them in the bedside table? Is it balanced and harmonized now? So that bedroom was painted cerise pink. I adore pink, like absolutely, like 90% of my wardrobe is some shade of pink or purple. I just (laughs) love it. So even going in, I was like, I love this pink room, but I knew it was way too feminine. It was way too pink. So I took, kept one pink wall and the rest of it was painted like kind of off-white or whatever. So I got rid, like I totally made it more of this balance of this masculine feminine. I said, it needs to be inviting for both. So that was like, got rid of the pink, upgraded things. Like I got a really nice new duvet, nice pillows and Mm -hmm. created this beautiful sanctuary. To the, to the, to the point where I got out of bed one day and I put my feet on the ground and I was like, Oh, I don't have a rug, but there's a rug on the other side. So I went up to Ikea and got a new rug just for that side of the bed so I could match mm-hmm. and have this balance for both of us. Um, mm. And then um, in the artwork part. So there wasn't much artwork in that room, but what I did have was this beautiful statue of this couple dancing. Mm. To kind of go like, this is what I want to envision. So I wrote intentions, like I wrote a letter to my soulmate. I put it under my pillow. I had the uh, the beautiful statue. Um, And then I opened my wardrobe one day and I was like, there is no hangers here for this man of mine. Um, And I went off, I, I, I made five euros from teaching a yoga class one day. And I went off and instead of, you know, buying my lunch I went off to TJ Maxx in the US and and bought myself a set of black hangers we still have those black hangers up in our wardrobe today I (laughs) smile to myself and I'm like they're his hangers they're your hangers Ken I bought them for you and before Mm -hmm. you're even in my world and that was really the big thing for me it was like setting my bedroom up and making Mm -hmm. that space so it was in my wardrobe it was in and then I had to then look at my life you know so when we start like changing our space, it then mirrors back into looking at ourselves as well. So it's this beautiful symbiotic relationship as we work with the energy of our home. It starts to help us change and look at our own life as well and be like, hmm, what does this mean? Or what, you know, so my life was full. My bedroom was pretty full. I cleaned it out, set it all up and then was like, hang on a minute. Um, I have space for someone in my bed, but I actually don't have any space for anyone in my life. So in terms of time, you're saying in terms of time. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I said that to a girlfriend like two weeks ago. I was like, I don't know where a man would fit in my week. (laughs) I actually um, looked at when I, at that time I looked at and I was like, Oh, Tuesday afternoon, I could possibly go on a date with somebody. Um, And then I was like, well, that's not going to work. So I was in a band called the rainbow kids and I loved it. You are a unicorn. (laughs) I am a unicorn and I was in a band called the Rainbow Kids and we, we sold like, we sang kind of spiritual soul music. It was so 
fun. I loved it so much. But I just looked and I was like, every other day, like I have something has got to give. Um, so we had that on that practice, that practice on a Wednesday, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna let go of that for now. It's not gonna stop me singing. So I let go of that, and that was like my space. I was like, okay, now I have a date night. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, I had to do it in my space, in my apartment first before it kind of it dawned on me to look at the rest of my life you know so the two yeah. of them worked hand in hand and um then I met Ken at a firewalk a couple of like months later and when I got here I came up to this house that he had built I walked around and I was like he has feng shui this place so his bedroom mm. had like two bedside tables two lamps he had like a spare dressing gown he had like art of a couple he had all these little things and he had been into feng shui in his 20s so oh. both of us then functionate this house together um, and trained together. And um, now we work together. Oh, beautiful. The rest of the world. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Thank you for yeah. taking us through that, like very specific um, example of actually manifesting the space for the partnership in your mm-hmm. life. Yes. I totally hear that. And I mean, <laughs> I I tell a lot of honest stories on my podcast, as you can tell. And, you know, when I moved into this apartment, I was kind of like, okay, like this is space for mom and child. And we got a puppy. And for like a year, that's all I wanted. You know, I was mm-hmm. like, I do not need anything else. And now I'm at the place where I can see that like, okay, I, I've built that life, you know, um, and might want to create some space for something beautiful to come in <laughs> with a man. So um, opening back up to that, but I am saying it's not like I'm saying no in like a boundaried way, but just like you said about the band, you're like, okay, I can still sing, but I don't need this major time commitment. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of doing that with like some groups I had said yes to. Um, And like, even though I love them, I just know that I'd rather go like deep into my process of the experience right now than like show up at a meeting in my calendar, like a time block. And, um, and I have this whole system about structure and flow. That's like feminine, masculine time optimization Mm -hmm. thing. So I'm always living that myself. And yeah, I'm like letting go of some of those, um, things I had said yes to, to create more space, Mm -hmm. um, for like, for what wants to be created and what wants to come in. Mm-hmm. the space and this is the beauty I think and you know <laughs> the word space is like we're also how we think of like our environment it is a space and it has to be honored and um yeah. and looked after so as space in our own life but also our physical space and when we start to really become more conscious of its consciousness um, and how unconscious we have been in working with it and and, um, kind of just moving through it and taking it for granted. And then we can, things can start to change like so beautifully um, in your life as you just bring more awareness into this, into, yeah, into all spaces. I'm totally going to do this this weekend because I really do have like pretty clean energy around this place. Like I can, I can scan it and I can feel it. But when I got the puppy this spring and summer last year, um, I put in, like I installed a gate on the kitchen 
Mm-hmm. And we have like a big kitchen with like it, um, the islands kind of like the counter separates the kitchen and the living room, but it's like one big open space. But I put up like a standing desk at the end of the kitchen counter so that I could be with a puppy. Um, yeah. And then because I'm like a mom and an entrepreneur, you know, like I'll be cooking, but like my computer will be open yeah. and I'm like looking, I can just feel the congestion at that end of the mm-hmm. counter. Like as we're talking and I'm scanning the apartment and like, that's where my congestion is. I have to, I have to get rid of that like standing desk thing. Yeah. And, yeah. and the thing is that will help shift it and, and give you, bring some more, you know, and then you kind of have a little move around every time you, you just change something in your environment, it changes something in your life for sure. I love that. I love that. So as far, I mean, I think that people can really take away so much from this episode. Thank you so much. But, um, you know, so what I hear, what I think I hear you saying is like, first look at what is excess, maybe what is old, like what wants to go, what's ready to go. Would you say that's like first step? For sure. Yeah. 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 And just doing a little scan, you know, what's old, what's not working, what's chipped, what's broken, you know, what needs a bit of TLC, you know, we have, we're just getting the whole house being repainted at the moment. And it just feels mm, so mm-hmm. nice. Those little, little niggly things that were there or such a simple one the other day, a light bulb. There's like a light bulb in our, in our laundry that used to be really slow to turn on. It used to be really dark. Um, and last week I was like, last weekend, I was like, we're getting a new bulb for that. We got the yes. bulb and I'm yeah. not joking you. Every time yeah. I go in, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so happy with that, you know? So, mm-hmm. you know, and, and these things around our home really can mirror things. So, you know, burnt out light bulbs represent feeling burnt out, you know, mm. things that are broken or mm. not easy to open represents struggle or difficulty or thing, you know, so there's not that sense of flow. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just as you kind of become more aware of your space, you'll start to feel different. And I love this. Those things, yeah. Oh my gosh, I love this. And so I'd love to hear you talk about money though before we conclude, because you know one thing I can kind of um, imagine people might say is like, well, what if I don't have a lot of money to invest into like new things or a paint yeah. or, you know, um, like new bedside tables. So what, what do you say about, um, feng shui and like financial wealth and, and manifestation in that way? I'm sure that's like a whole other book in and of itself. <laughs> that's all of it. Yeah. So, so yeah. the first thing I want to share is that, um, we kind of started this at the conversation around feng shui being acupuncture for your home and that every house is totally unique. And this is um, one of the things that um, I work with people on is that our houses have different personalities. So there's actually um, houses that are just not as supportive for money as then others. And I do have a Mm. quiz on my website that you can find your home's Mm. archetype, like you get a sense of it, which talks about the abundance and prosperity. Um, And just say your website right here. So people are listening and they're like, I can go over there. It's Patricia, patricialohan.com. And and you can go to patricialohan.com forward slash quiz to get the quiz or the quizzes on my front page as well. Um, Great. So there are different houses that have different, um, 
personality types essentially like when we're doing feng shui it's like creating a natal chart for your home so there's some that have like really great prospects financially and others not so much don't think you're doomed it's it's all changeable but first of all it's about an awareness like you have to kind of know and then you're like oh my god wow like it's not me I don't have to work any harder um Mm -hmm. and then the next part then is that when it comes to say for example we don't have the money to paint or to updo things um i would say to you you know the 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 feng shui um it's nice to upgrade things and to paint things but the releasing is really important first and then getting clear on what it is that you want to replace it with so um you know <laughs> someone would say to me oh like i hate my carpet and i'm like well go look at the new carpet that you want to get and get a piece of it and put it on the ground there beside the new carpet so you can get excited about that new carpet and um or the bedside tables go get pictures of them like start to think about the, the way you're going to upgrade it as opposed to pulling yourself down to those lower places of like lack and like I can't afford it so you know just changing the perspective is a really good one around the house Um, and you know this isn't about creating a perfect home Um, what we want is a balanced and harmonized home so um, aesthetically it doesn't have to be the most beautiful kitchen or most beautiful carpet that actually isn't going to be the contributor to good or bad feng shui you know I have worked on multi-million dollar mansions that are terrible feng shui with amazing Mm -hmm. interior design and the feng shui is uh, the you know as we started with the fact that like where is bad feng shui it's like what's going on in their lives you know they're being robbed people are fighting with them they're in legal battles like that's bad feng shui that's for me the sign of bad feng shui so when it comes to the financial stuff like looking around your house and looking looking for leaks Hmm. looking for leaks around your I don't know what's wrong with I'm sorry So having a good look around your home and just watching out for things that are like leaking, you know, leaks are things draining away. So there's some nice little things you can do. First of all, make sure that nothing is like leaking or dripping. Just think every drip out of the tap is like $50 down down the drain, Mm -hmm. you know, um, then anything that's broken is depleting the energy. So just like get rid of it, get it fixed. Um, And then in the bathroom is another one that's very connected with the prosperity. So that is, um, you know, keeping the toilet seat down, keeping the toilet door closed um, are all like small little nuances around prosperity. Um, And what I would say to people when it comes to doing the feng shui, it's uh, and doing feng shui in your home is that, The first thing is just to start taking care of your place, you know, actually starting to tend to it and start to that fresh eyes, like move around your space, take care, let go of things that are not working and just trust that it's going to bring more in um, as you start to look after it more. Yes. I love that. And what are fresh flowers? Because I keep having this, like, you must get fresh flowers and put them. Actually, um, I keep an altar in the middle of my living room. (laughs) My son is like, yeah, this is how my mom lives. Um, Mm -hmm. But my like spiritual altar is in our living space. Um, Like we don't have a TV. It's like where the TV would be. It's like, you know, a big stone grid. Um, But anyway, it like fresh flowers and, and it's calling for like double bouquets of roses. I'm not even kidding you. One week it was like one red bouquet, one, and I'm not talking bouquet. I'm just like the stems, right? Yeah. So like a dozen red, a dozen white, put them on either side. And then I did that 
And then when those died, it was like, now replace it. And I'm talking like intuition is saying, now replace it with two whites. So for two Mm -hmm. weeks, I've had two white bouquets of roses um, on the living room altar. And the, the prosperity frequency is really going up. So I know that that's like inside of an altar. That's a little bit different, but um, what are fresh flowers? Yeah. So fresh flowers are great. Like bringing in nature into your home is amazing. And it's uplifting. It's vibrant. It's just like bringing a puppy into your life. It keeps the energy moving around. It's unconditional love. So um, yeah, there's, it's, it's just a great, you know, I just love people who bring in some plants, some nature into your home. It's great. So that's probably yeah. contributed. It makes you feel good. So if you see them, then they make you feel good. Then that's going to create then this spiral to all the other things. Yes. Wonderful. And so when my, when we got the puppy, my son did not know that I was working on prosperity as deeply as I was at that point in time and, or deeply widely, you know, all the ways. And, yeah. um, He just, you know, like I said, he's a little channel and he wrote on the, um, we have like this whiteboard on our uh, refrigerator and he wrote hashtag prosperity puppy. Oh my God. I know. So I love that you just said that because like that energy is like love life, you know, Mm -hmm. it's been like pure happiness and um, yeah. Yeah. Just the best thing ever. That's the best thing ever. (laughs) But yeah, I, I love it. I love the the energy of the animals in the house. I'm I'm actually like high little puppy barking on the other side. I like I don't mind it at all on the podcast because I'm like yes. yeah, our animals are so much a part of things. So well Patricia, I, I totally want to see Yes, I want to, um, I don't want to stop, but we have to stop. (laughs) Um, And I want to say thank you for being here. And I loved this conversation. I know listeners are going to be so blessed to receive it. Um, So please tell us uh, where, again, where people can find you on the web. I know you have a lot on YouTube. So do you have to share anything you'd love to share before we close, please? Yeah, for sure. So um, you're welcome to come and join me at patricialohan.com and I will I'm soon releasing a brand new feng shui mini course which is actually mm. behind the scenes of my own house <laughs> um oh, great. basically it's like just showing like how I've done different things and set up my own home for the best feng shui practices and you know my house isn't perfect feng shui just like lots of other homes they're not going to be perfect but I give loads of the tips and things you can do to um to you know work around that as well so that is going to be available at patricialone.com and if it's not there when you sign up just definitely sign for, for one of the different um guides I've one for your office one for money one a checklist for all the rooms um, and then we'll be mm. releasing that really soon I'm so excited about it because I feel like it gives a really nice overview of feng shui to get started and also a great opportunity for you to um, to really dive deeper into this practice and learn more about the kind of fundamental energies and the areas as well. Beautiful, wonderful. I thank you so much. Thank You're you so, so much welcome. for thank you. bringing this timely conversation. I know for everyone, and um, I know people are going to be looking you up. So I hope that you enjoy your new um, paint upstairs, your fresh office, and um, many blessings Exciting. to you. Yes. Thank you so much. Yes, you too.
There is a call inside of women to be in community again. You have been doing so much personal healing work, so much introspection out there on your own, and now you're ready to step into space with others. I feel it too. If you want sacred space that welcomes modern women as they are, that integrates masculine energy with the feminine energy, in other words, it's not just a goddess feminine circle, it's a circle of women coming back into union and unity, then the Sacred Remembering membership is for you. Think of it as a sacred feminine church meets educational library, meets instructional energetic practices, meets healing circle. It's all there and it's all in community. I have pulled together multiple groups of women in the past three years. And what I can tell you is this, there is always purpose and magic to who gathers and why. We are soul family, truly. If you're listening to this, your soul family. And so the Sacred Remembering Membership Community is the next space to step into that tribe. And you're so welcome here. The membership includes an archive of resources, channeled content, teachings, energy activations, and so much more. My three published ebooks are in this archive, the Divine Mother Architectural Series, my Healing Man and Money Trauma Teachings, and more. Also included are live calls twice a month, bonus calls, and interviews with experts. And perhaps the best part, there is a Mighty Networks community where you get to meet one another, share out what you do, ask for help, seek sister guidance, etc., etc. This is for you. I have created it for you, for us. You can join today and we'll look forward to seeing you on the next live call. You can go to sarahpoet.com, find the group, and sign up. And we'll see you soon. This is Sarah Poet of Embodied Breath, and thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'm curious, what was your biggest takeaway? Remember that you are not alone on the sacred path, and women are rising now together. You can visit my website, sarahpoet.com, for more tools and inspiration to support your sacred remembering path. Please be sure to check the show notes, subscribe to this podcast, share with a friend, and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I love to hear from you. Stay connected, and here's to your path of sacred remembering.